Next on BYU Sports Nation, celebrating the life of a coaching legend, Lavelle Edwards. Former NFL and BYU players Leon White and Trevor Maddich join us in studio to talk about the influence of Coach Edwards on them and on BYU. Plus, Lavelle Edwards, in his own words, the coach tells his own story in an exclusive segment on BYU Sports Nation. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. If some BYU Sports Nation is good, more is better. And we are live for the second hour today in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, January 6th, an afternoon special dedicated to Lavelle Edwards, wherever and however you're dialed in. Welcome, friends. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who can balance at least three spoons on his face, Jerem Jordan. I cannot, but Lavelle Edwards apparently can, according to Robbie Bosco. He said he can get 10 to 12 spoons on his face. And didn't they That's absolutely on insane. I think it was like a, a stupid human trick that he would do on those cruises. <laughs> I don't know the where. cruise. I don't know where it was discovered or how one discovers how many spoons one can fit on one's face. <laughs> but that's a great story. A fantastic story. One of story. many mm. uh, we've been able to learn about uh, Lavelle Edwards the past week. It's been a week, over a week now. Yeah, it's been an honor for us to reminisce here in Studio B with former players and colleagues on those stories about Coach Edwards and the impact he had on their lives and the good laughs. And, you know, in a lot of ways it, it's been an absolute privilege for us to be involved from a distance in, in some capacity of, of bringing this celebration to Studio B. It's been really cool. Here are today's BYU SN headlines. A memorial for Lavelle Edwards will be held tonight. The iconic and legendary head coach at BYU for 29 years between 1972 and 2000 amassed 257 victories in that time. We will reminisce and celebrate the coach over the next hour with former BYU and NFL players Leon White, Trevor Maddish of ESPN, and again, that special segment, Lavelle Edwards, in his own words. Men's basketball lost to 19th-ranked St. Mary's in Moraga last night. 81-68, despite 28 points from Eric Mika. The Cougars return home to host Pacific tomorrow night. That game will be live right here on BYU TV. You can listen on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern Time. Women's basketball earned a win over St. Mary's last night. You watched it live on BYU TV, 70-65. to Kalani Purcell, a near triple-double. The women take the road and will take on Pacific tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. And the third-ranked BYU men's volleyball team opens up the season tonight. Top 10 showdown at 6th-ranked Lewis. Uh, at 8 Eastern time. Tomorrow, the Cougars continue the early season test against number 11 Loyola Chicago. That match will be live on ESPN3. Trying to get back to that national championship match. The road begins tonight. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Celebrating the life of the legend, Lavelle Edwards. And what better way to do that than compile the... Best of Lavelle Edwards, as told by his players, colleagues, and of course, you, BYU Sports Nation, via social media and Twitter, which brings us to our afternoon Twitter question. What's your favorite Lavelle Edwards story, quote, or memory? We had some great ones this morning. We'd like to continue it into the evening and night and forever about Lavelle Edwards. Use the hashtag BYUSN at Twiggy or Stone. Mostly remember him on the sidelines. He was always so unchanging no matter what happened. Great foundation for the team. Somebody tweeted in earlier today, he was so, his name was so, He was so he, steady. He, his name might as well have been Level. <laughs> yeah, Level. <laughs> and he was Level for 29 years. He was BYU football, right? And so you knew what to expect from the BYU football program because of its figurehead forever. Coming up in about 30 minutes, we'll hear from Lavelle Edwards in his own words, which includes some powerful and can't-miss portions of an interview I held with the coach just over a year ago. Right now... We would like to take the opportunity to share our thoughts and our stories, our recollections, and when we crossed paths with the BYU football coach, Lavelle Edwards. Jerem, when I say that name, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Institution, BYU football, BYU. No man did more for the brand of BYU than Lavelle Edwards. Sports has a powerful impact on things. 
I wouldn't know anything about Coastal Carolina if it wasn't for their men's basketball team. That's part of their brand, right? And the brand of BYU is Lavelle Edwards. Everything good that has come to BYU athletically, and a lot of it otherwise, has been because of Lavelle Edwards. I said earlier this morning that because of Lavelle Edwards, BYU has a contract with ESPN, a contract with Nike, as long as they've had it, and in the way and tier that they've had it. BYU TV exists, so therefore... Our jobs, my job, exists because Lavelle Edwards put together a football program that did something that no one else has ever done, which is, in the modern era, win a national championship and have a Heisman Trophy winner. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful on a personal level to Lavelle Edwards for what not only he's provided me professionally, but the fandom of just BYU sports. It just means a lot to a lot of people, and it means a lot to me. There's, there are some really important things in my life that come before BYU sports, but not many. And so I, I'm, just, I'm just really glad that a guy named Lavelle Edwards was a great coach at BYU so that I could have so many personal memories and with my family and friends, but also that I could have this opportunity to work here as well. And, and BYU is because of Lavelle Edwards. He's BYU sports, yes. Your fandom. Absolutely. In a lot of ways. Yeah, growing up, it was, it was fun knowing BYU was playing and that Lavelle was the coach, and you, and you always knew that BYU was going to put together something exciting that season. Yeah, my first recollection of Lavelle Edwards was that he just won. He won a lot of games. Whenever I turned on a BYU game, if Lavelle Edwards was the coach, I expected them to win because he was steady. He was the rock, right? He was level. The first game I remember watching, September 1st, 1988. I was all of six years old. Lavelle Edwards puts in redshirt freshman Ty Detmer, the skinny kid from Texas, to take over for Sean Covey at Wyoming. And I'm thinking... Who is this coach and who is this quarterback, right? I remember understanding for the first time the gravity of what Lavelle pulled off by winning a national championship. He was the guy that did what nobody else could do. You can't pass the football primarily in the early 1970s when everybody else is running it. That's career suicide, right? It was was risky. You can't win bowl games and conference championships at a Mormon school, a church-owned school where your recruiting limitations make it very difficult to go out and get the best players? Yes, he did. 257 wins, 19 conference championships, compiled the quarterback factory, coached a Heisman Trophy winner. He's a college football Hall of Famer, and yet the man was offered the head coaching position at the University of Texas at Austin and the head coaching position in the NFL for the Detroit Lions and turned both down. It was always about BYU for him, about the consistency, about his family, the stability, the consistency, and the relationships. Lavelle Edwards passing away, as I've looked back on this, and in the moment when we first got the news on Thursday, you know, it's, it's the shock factor, but as I've had time to recollect on his life and what he meant to so many people and what he meant to me and the influence he had on all of those. It's been a major reality check for me hearing his accomplishments off the field. I already knew about everything on the field because that's what sparked the fandom, right? That's what made him Lavelle, the guy that just won games in a national championship. But the things he accomplished off the field that have very little to do with football have made me want to be a better person, better father, better husband, better son, better friend, better worker. Like that, and that is, I mean that 100%. He has helped me over this past week, listening to everything that he did. I want to, I want to try and emulate what he did to impact people for the better. If I can have a portion, just a minuscule portion of the impact in my own life on others that he had for everybody else, then, then I feel like I'd be in a good place. So he's, he's made me want to be better. An amazing leader, right? He delegated to his assistants. Yes. And those guys ran the X's and O's. He worked on the relationship with his players. And that's what's come out through all these interviews is, uh, we already knew this, but it's just being reiterated of what kind of leader he was in that he worked one-on-one with a lot of the players individually so that uh, they could feel invested and that they would do what he wanted through that way, almost a a father figure or a a grandfatherly type. Think about what BYU was before Lavelle Edwards. What was BYU? It was a basketball school. They had won the NIT in 51 and 66. 
They didn't have an identity in anything else. It had been a few years. It had been six years since that NIT title. He turned this place into a football school. And it's a brand that is extremely strong and validated, like I said, by ESPN, that contract, by the Nike contract. Nationally, uh, it's been amazing. Lavelle Edwards has done more for BYU sports, more for BYU in general than anybody else ever. In the words of Steve Young and others, he had a gift from God to see the best in others, to see a better version of that person than even themselves could see. Pretty incredible stuff. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. What is your favorite Lavelle Edwards story, quote, or memory? At Shamo ML 17 says, quote, BYU fans bring 10 commandments and a $50 bill and won't break either. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's classic Lavelle. <laughs> At Russ Melrose, after the 79 Holiday Bowl, Lavelle put his arm around Trent Johnson, who missed the game-winning field goal, spoiling an undefeated season. Yeah, that's quite the moment, right? Lee Corso led Indiana, beat BYU in the Holiday Bowl there in 79. That was the second Holiday Bowl for the Cougars. And so that sets up the drama of 1980. They had lost two in a row, and there was that pressure there. And then the Miracle Bowl happens. Yeah. BYU had been to a bowl game in 74, in 78, 79. They lost all three. He felt a lot of pressure. But yet in that moment, he, he went to his field goal kicker, put his arm around him, and said, you know what? It's going to be okay. And he, and he took that pressure. Pretty cool. Coming up next, former BYU great Leon White, linebacker for the national championship team and in the NFL, will join us in studio to talk about his coach and Lavelle's impact on his life. But first, at this time last Thursday, we ran a memorial piece about Coach Edwards voiced by Dave McCann. We thought it fitting that we run it today as we celebrate the life of Lavelle Edwards. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is a story of a Utah pioneer, a man who foresaw a better way of doing things and had the courage to do something about it. Reuben Lavelle Edwards was born in Orem. He graduated from Lincoln High School and played for the Utah State Aggies as a 165-pound offensive lineman. Why Utah State and not BYU? Well, Lavelle said, if I'd gone to the Y, I'd have had to live at home. And if I'd been living at home, my job would have been milking the cows. I was sick of those two darn cows. I'd have gone to Utah to get away from them. Well, maybe not Utah, but I wanted to get away. After college, he coached the single wing at Granite High School, an offense designed to do everything but pass. He joined the BYU staff as a defensive assistant in 1962 and became head coach 10 years later. Lavelle said BYU hired him because they were one of the last teams to run the single wing, and I think I was the last living Mormon who knew anything about that offense. Once he was given the head job, Lavelle made his move. He turned BYU away from the single wing for the forward pass, and the game of football has never looked back. They're all gone now, Lincoln High School, Granite High, the single wing, and 165-pound offensive lineman. And now the coach is gone too. But what remains will live forever. Most important to the coach, aside from Patty and her family, are the relationships. He relished in the development of young men who walk through his door, Mormon or not, return missionary or not, players with challenges or those without. He loved them all unconditionally. He was humble enough to recognize he didn't know everything and smart enough to hire the people who do. He listened to them. It was an assistant coach that suggested Lavelle give Steve Young a shot at quarterback when the coach had him earmarked for defense. And then there was the winning. Lots of it. 257 victories over 29 seasons. Sixth most in the history of college football. 27 straight non-losing seasons. 17 straight bowl games, providing some of the golden moments in BYU history. The 1984 undefeated season and national championship. Two-time National Coach of the Year. He coached a Heisman Trophy winner. And in 2004, Lavelle himself was inducted into college football's Hall of Fame. Perhaps the most appropriate finish to his illustrious career was an improbable come-from-behind victory at Utah in his final game. Lavelle said, as a youngster in Orem, I used to follow BYU football regularly often while perched in one of the orchard trees adjoining the practice field. My ambition was to be a coach. 
Now, instead of a cherry tree, the coach can look down from the heavens into a stadium that bears his name and watch another young dreamer, a former player, carry on his legacy for years to come. Lavelle Edwards, gone but never forgotten. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. A conversation happening right now on the Twitter machine. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Over 17,000 of you, nay, near 18,000 of you doing that right now. Nay. And thank you for using the hashtag BYUSN. Men's Hoops is back in action tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio, taking on the Pacific Tigers, who are led by Damon Stoudemire, former NBA player, uh, his first head coaching gig in uh, college, and he'll be in the Marriott Center tomorrow night. The West Coast Conference got a nice boost in name credibility for the head coaches, right, with the addition of Terry Porter at Portland, mm-hmm. who's off to a nice start, former oh, NBA Ter- guy. Terry's my guy, dude. I grew up a Blazers fan right? in Portland, man. Yeah. Terry Porter was awesome. Damon Stoudemire should be your guy in a way, well, too, he, right? Well, he was part of the Jailblazers, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to move on from that group. <laughs> Who was on that team? Zach Randolph? Uh, Rasheed Wallace? Rasheed. Um, <laughs> a bunch of cast of characters I try, whose names I tried to forget. Pretty cool that uh, a former NBA point guard, two actually, are in the West Coast Conference. One of those. Hey, Dave Rose Dave Rose was in a Final Four, too. That don't, he was. Don't forget Fi about Slamma that. Jamma. Fi Slamma Jamma, Dave Rose. BYU. Fi Slamma jump shot for Dave Rose. Yeah. <laughs> BYU Pacific, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio, as Jerem just mentioned. Our Twitter question this afternoon, what is your favorite Lavelle Edwards story, quote, or memory? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. Oh, this is classic Lavelle. At Staff 5146 brings in this quote, Wyoming is not at the end of the earth, but you can see it from there. <laughs> It's okay just to hammer Wyoming. I love that. <laughs> He's so funny. Of, of course, the classic, you know, I'd, I'd rather lose and live in Provo than win and live in Laramie. Yeah. That's probably his yes. greatest quote of all time. Yes. I hadn't heard the Wyoming is not at the end of the earth, but you can see it from there until today. That's, That's funny. The first time I've heard that quote. At D Young 1993 shares a memory on Twitter. My favorite memory is his reaction to the renaming the stadium. I'll always remember that moment. I was asked to go to a high school dance, and I said yes instead of coming down to the game. And I have always regretted that. Andrea Larson, I'm sorry, but I'm, I've always regretted <laughs> the fact that I went to that dance instead of coming to that game. I watched it on TV, and I cried mm. as a teenager. Yeah, that was a pretty powerful moment. That was a when pretty white, powerful moment. When those white towels were waving, everyone had them in the stadium. It was Fantastic. just the end of an era, you know? BYU, New and we're Mexico. All, we're all kind of waving a white towel today. President Gordon B. Hinckley there to make it official. Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Lavelle standing next to Patty, getting very genuinely emotional, even though he had an we idea all, that something We all kind of had an idea, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But even if you know, that moment's overwhelming because that's the most validating moment, potentially, of Lavelle's life. They name a stadium after you. I mean, that, that, the name of that stadium will never change. It's going to be L.E.S. Lavelle Edwards Stadium forever. The night he passed away, the university opted to turn the lights on at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and leave them on all night. It was incredible. That, that was great. It was powerful. And there were, the Santa Clara basketball game was that night. And so there were these great shots of that. And people, as they were leaving, and in the local area, that's got to be bright at night. But guess what? Lavelle was bright. And so it was, it was a fitting ode to a man that was very important in these parts. Yeah, I loved soaking in that moment and driving past, past the stadium late after the game was over and just thinking – Man, I, I can't believe that it's real. It, it offered like uh, one of those crystal clear moments that Lavelle is a great man and, and he's gone. And so cool that uh, BYU chose to honor him that way. One more tweet at DA 5 says, My father played for Lavelle at Granite High School. Pulled out the yearbook upon hearing the news. Dad told me a story of when Lavelle and other football coaches dressed in tutus and danced around <laughs> for a school assembly. His favorite memory was the fun. 
That's funny. That's a really funny uh, image. <laughs> Joining us now, first in-studio guest of our afternoon special, former BYU national champion and NFL linebacker Leon White. Leon, nice to have you What's in up, Studio Leon? B. How are you guys doing? Hey, good. Good, good fantastic. Good. Thanks for taking some time with us uh, during an emotional and busy day for you. Definitely. My pleasure. When you hear the name Lavelle Edwards, what does that mean to you? Oh, gosh, so many things. Greatness. He was, he was such a good person, first of all, let alone all the great coaching accomplishments he had. He was such a good friend and a good person to all the players that, that went through BYU, and, and that's the first thing I think about. What have the memories and uh, the thoughts been like the past kind of eight days as we uh, heard about Lavelle's passing and we've started to continue and will continue to celebrate his life? Well, you know, I think of all the, the good times that we had here at BYU uh, under Coach Lavelle Edwards. You know, he made average teams great, and, and that's what I remember. Uh, the players followed him. You know, they, they believed in what he was doing, and, and they, they wanted to play for him. At least I, I know I did. Uh, I put every ounce of, of my energy into making our team, BYU, the greatest team possible because of what he did for us. How did he ultimately influence you to come to BYU in the first place? Oh, gosh, that's a long story, really. Um, he came to my house, I remember, on the, on the recruiting visit, and uh, he talked to my mom. That was the first thing he did, and he convinced her, really. That, that, was, that was the big That's huge, <laughs> that was the big job. huge accomplishment. Yeah, yes. But uh, he talked about you know, getting an education. He talked about being around good people. He talked about uh, your son's going to be safe, and you're also going to play for a good team. And those are the things that convinced her, and, and it definitely convinced me. At what point did you think, we can win a national championship? I can win a national championship with this team at Brigham Young University under Lavelle Edwards. Oof, it took a long time through that year to, to even think that way. You know, we were always the underdog, even though we had the great record, even though going into the, the final game, you know, teams – and people didn't think we had the team to, to beat Michigan. That was 6-5. and five. So there was always doubts. But I knew myself after that Pittsburgh game. You know, I knew that we had the team that, that could go throughout the year undefeated. And uh, we had the players on the team that were committed to do it. So it was early for me. We'll get into uh, the off-the-field and relationships in a moment, but on the field, uh, quite possibly the greatest accomplishment for Lavelle Edwards was winning that national championship. What did that mean to the program and to do it for Lavelle, in a way, um, who a couple of years before hadn't even won a bowl game yet, and now five years later he wins a national title. True, true. Uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a special moment for him. Uh, you know, you could see it in his face after the bowl. He was, he was shocked himself, really. Didn't, didn't really think that it would come to that. You know, BYU is the team that was dominating the West. We had, we had a lot of big games in the West, but we really hadn't done that national, didn't have that national exposure. And when this happened, I think it put BYU on the map as far as getting opportunities to play in big teams later on in the future. So, you know, it was huge for BYU. It was huge for BYU's program. And it solidified Lavelle Edwards as being one of the top coaches in the game. BYU National Champion, former NFL linebacker Leon White, joining BYU Sports Nation in Studio B tonight. Uh, we'll attend the services for Lavelle Edwards, the memoriam. And this is going to be, from what we hear, a fantastic reunion. We heard from Lee Johnson, your former teammate, uh, the character Thunderfoot, um, <laughs> that over 500 players have RSVP'd for this tonight. What kind of reception and atmosphere do you anticipate tonight? Well, I'm excited about it, first of all. It's, it's going to be great to see all the old teammates and, and all the greats that played here at BYU. Uh, I'm here with some friends right now, Eddie Stinnett and Adam Haysbert, so it's good hey, to get back two, with those guys. Two greats, two other greats in yes, the studio as well. So it's going to be an exciting night and, and all, all coming together because of the love of Lavelle Edwards, basically, you know. All those guys are here, and I think there's going to be more than 500. That was just the RSVP. Just RSVP, RSVP yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it's going to be yeah. a packed it's house. Incredible. It's going to be a packed house. I'm excited. What are some fun interactions or, or memories that you've recalled um, of you and Coach Lavelle Edwards? Mm, gosh, so many great ones. You know, um, I was a baseball player here at BYU. Also, a lot of people don't know that, but uh, I played baseball the year after we won the national championship. But uh, when I first got the idea of playing baseball, I uh, went to Coach Pullins, 
the baseball coach and asked him if he thought I could try out for the team. So he said, yeah, yeah, give it a shot. Uh, first, you got to run it through Lavelle, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay. I thought about it for a few days, and, um, and then I decided to go in and ask Lavelle. It was the toughest meeting I had with Lavelle ever because I, I thought that he was just going to give me all these excuses about why you shouldn't play, you know, the year after the national championship, we're going to try to defend our title, uh, you know, got to keep your grades up and you're going to miss spring ball, all these things. And uh, when I went into his office and, and told him what my plans were and what I wanted to do and did he have my, did he have my blessings, uh, and the first thing he asked me was, can you hit a curveball? <laughs> None of the other stuff. I mean, he didn't even, he didn't even, the only thing he really cared about was, you know, me keeping my grades up and uh, being eligible for next year. But uh, he didn't mind me missing spring ball. He was, he was really okay with that. And he just said, hey, there's a reason why Coach Pullins wants you on that team. So go, go have a good time. And, so I did and enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic stuff. Leon, thanks so much for uh, coming to BYU Sports Nation and uh, sitting down with us and talking about Lavelle Edwards. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. You got it. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, another BYU national champion, an ESPN analyst, Trevor Maddich, will join us in studio. What he is looking forward to most about tonight's reunion and memorial. Before that, just a glimpse of Lavelle Edwards in his own words on the development of a guy named Steve Young. This is BYU Sports Nation. Steve, on his own, would go down in the field house, get a bag of balls, and he'd watch Jim McMahon. And because uh, Jim had great technique and great feet and feel and set and step and throw, and and, uh, and so and then Jim or Steve just on his own talked to him a lot, and I went back and just worked on the drops himself, and literally made himself into into a quarterback that uh, that could run this kind of an offense. Welcome back, sports friends. Second hour of BYU Sports Nation live on a Friday, celebrating the life of Lavelle Edwards. Thank you for joining us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Tomorrow you can listen to the women's basketball game at Pacific on BYU Radio at 5 Eastern time. Twitter question today, what... Is your favorite Lavelle Edwards story, quote, or memory? At Silver Coog tweets in, Paul James, without this and that injury, Lavelle interrupted, I don't think like that. I look at what I've got and game plan. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, just see what resources you have available and go from there. At Carney underscore Billy says, my son and I are huge Y fans. We both never met Coach, but both feel like we lost a father slash grandfather figure. Can't really explain the loss. I think a lot of people felt that. Like I've said, uh, Lavelle Edwards was a, a fatherly or grandfatherly figure to BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. Joining us in studio, and we love it when we can say that about our next guest because it doesn't happen often, is our good friend, ESPN College Football Insider and 1984 National Champion Center Trevor Mattis. Trevor? What's up, Trevor? Welcome back, man. Good morning. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here with good you morning. guys. Good morning. What it's, in the world? It's good to be here in, in your, your, your sandbox, in your playground, because yeah. it, it really is your playground here. We just witnessed something amazing. Uh, Leon White was here. Eddie Stinnett and Adam Haysbert came in with them and kind of hung out. And the four of you interacting there was so fun. Uh, what, what was it like? And that's just a taste of what it's going to be like tonight, but to interact with your teammates. The thing is, so, some of us had the luxury of being able to see each other a lot. Many of us don't. And we'll see each other with years separating the, 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 the meetings. And it's like we've never been apart. It's just amazing. I mean, I haven't seen Adam forever, or, or really Leon uh, or Eddie. I haven't seen either one of them for years. And all of a sudden, we're talking about stuff, and it's like we're in the locker room getting dressed ready to go out to practice. It's, it's the exact same thing, and it's because of what we went through together the emotional bond that that creates. It's not just a, a bond where, hey, we know each other and we like each other and we love each other, and that's just That's all important. But the emotional bond because of what we gave each other in quest of something that was very important to us, and that, that's those championships. Um, that drives us together in a way that I think very few people in society could really understand. And it's one of the things that football players miss the most when their playing days are over. It's, it's that camaraderie. We just talked with Leon White about this, but I want to ask you kind of the same question. We heard from Lee Johnson that over 500 former players have officially RSVP tonight. 
no idea how many more are going to show up, but what does that number and that this kind of reception for Coach Edwards tell you about the impact he had on his players? Well, I think it's just the start. It's just the start because this is just sort of one of those things that, that nobody wants to miss being together with their brothers and their sisters at a time like this. And part of it is to grieve. Part of it is to celebrate. Because when you look at, at Coach Edwards' life, what you see is a life well-lived. You see a life that is, that, that is based on the foundation of faith and family and that everything else is built from that. I, I tell people at ESPN when they ask me about Coach Edwards and about why he was so impactful, I tell them that there are a couple of quotes that are, that are well-known around BYU. One is, no success compensates for failure in the home. Another is, the greatest gift a father can give his children is to love their mother. And Lavelle Edwards based his life around principles like that. And then from that core, he branched out into his career and community and the other things that have brought so many other people around him. But it's that solid rock of a foundation on family that made Lavelle able to influence so many other people as he branched out away from the people that were his immediate family. Trevor, what ultimately convinced you uh, with Lavelle Edwards in the recruitment and whatever to, to come to BYU? How, what role did he play in that? Well, the, it was mostly Tom Ravage, defensive line coach, who did most of the recruiting. When Lavelle Edwards, when I met him here on the recruiting trip, it was it was like I had met this this figure that was from another planet. Because I, a lot of football coaches are football coaches. They're all excited and they're all they're football coaches. Lavelle had gravity. Lavelle was more. And how wow, this guy was just such a such an intense figure without being overbearing. It was just it was amazing because most people that are that intense are people that also strike a bit of fear. Lavelle was the opposite. Lavelle was intense and he drew you into him mm. because you wanted to be. And that was that was a big part of it. The the reason I came here, it, it came down to I was recruited by uh, by schools in the in the Pac-10 at the time, now Pac-12. And BYU, those were my, my recruiting trips. I was recruited by others, but my five recruiting trips were those places. It came down to one of those Pac-12 schools in BYU. And on the Pac-12 recruiting trip, they took me around to these frat houses where they were having all these wonderful frat parties, part, partaking in beverages and in, in activities that weren't part of my lifestyle as an LDS teenager. And uh, I came to BYU, I found a whole lot more people that wanted to live or that, that did live a lifestyle like I wanted to live. And I think that's one of the misnomers. People outside of, of this community think that BYU recruits in spite of the honor code. But here when you talk to the people that actually are inside BYU football, they'll tell you that, that they want the people who want to live this lifestyle. And there are a lot of high school football players out there and other athletes that want this kind of lifestyle. This is the way they already live. BYU doesn't want to shoehorn people into the honor code. They want people to say, yeah, that's, that's the kind of people I want to surround myself with. And that was really the decision that, that made me come here. And I became you know, an, 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 uh, uh, a person that participated along with my teammates in a whole lot of championships and then went on to the next level. And the biggest reason I came here, because the way I saw it, the church is anywhere you go right? I don't have to come here to find the church. I grew up in the church. And so I, I came here because of the honor code, essentially. Isn't that crazy? Mm. How about that? Yeah. Trevor, we appreciate the spirit and the charisma and, uh, you know, the feeling of calm that you bring to the situation and to Studio B about Lavelle Edwards. We've appreciated everything you've said over the past week and for all that you've done for us uh, here on this show. It's it's great to have you here. Yeah, it's great to have you in studio, too. Yeah, it's great to be here with you guys. And once again, just to, as, as I have kind of gone through my personal processes with Lavelle, the grief is real. The celebration is the thing that will continue and go on and on and on and on. This was a man who lived a life well-lived. And if anybody deserves the this, this statement, well done, thou good and faithful servant, it's Lavelle Edwards. Well said. Trevor, a pleasure as always. Thank you. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Lavelle Edwards, in his own words, you do not want to miss this. A special treat for all BYU fans. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you miss anything on this show, you can get it on demand. That's right. Uh, We've had lots of coverage and remembrance and celebration of Lavelle Edwards. Uh, And you can catch all of those on demand, BYUtv.org, the BYUtv app. Uh, Check it out. And walking with him out of Studio A, chatting with him in the elevator, and looking me in the eye and saying, thank you, Spencer. I really enjoyed that. And I was like blown away. You're like, uh. You know my name? I I enjoyed it. You know my name. Right? It was one of those moments. And just he was so genuine and sincere about things like that. And then just stood and watched him, you know, head out to the parking lot so he could make his tea time at the the golf course. Of course. And uh, just sat there and was like, well, I can't believe I just did that. That was it was incredible. You know, I've interviewed some legends, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, but it, nothing, nothing left me with the feeling that I had after that interview with Lavelle Edwards. So hear it for yourself from the man, Lavelle Edwards, in his own words. Lavelle Edwards changed the course of college football in the early 1970s with one decision to make BYU a drop back passing offense. He dared to go against the national trends even with one of the best running backs in the country. I just decided that at BYU, uh, we had to do something differently. Uh, We're not going to get and recruit the type of people that could line up and run over and whatever, but we had a kid that first year named Pete Van Valkenburg that led the nation in rushing. And because uh, we, we, we didn't have a quarterback to control. And uh, I made up my mind that, and I've thought a lot about this, how I was still not dissuaded away from uh, throwing the ball by going to this kind of an offense that we were running with Pete. But I went to that throwing the ball and, and we had the only losing year that I had in my career. and. But we stayed with it in the third year. We came along, lost the first two or three games, and then won seven or zero and went to the first bowl game in the history of the school, and that's how it all got started. When most football experts called the pass game downright crazy, Lavelle maximized it as a distinct advantage over his foes, thus laying the groundwork for the storied quarterback factory at BYU. We were the only team, basically, that were throwing the, the drop-back pass that much. And so we, got, we really got a good jump on the other teams that didn't know how to defense it to begin with. It's like when they first came out with the wishbone. I mean, that was a nightmare trying to figure out how to, this, you know, to defense that. Well, we had, we had kind of the same thing going a little bit with the uh, throwing the ball game, throwing the ball. And... Um, and so they came along, and, and I think Gifford. We had a kid named Mark Shidey there, Gary Shidey, that uh, really actually got it started. And um, he made, like, second-team All-American. He was a high school kid that I tried to recruit out of high school, and then he, he didn't want to, wasn't interested in BYU and wound up going to a junior college. And so we finally got him to come up. And he got it after couple of years at JC and he got it kind of got it going pretty good then a local kid named Gifford Nielsen that uh, was uh, playing both football and basketball in fact he started maybe six seven games for the basketball team when he was a sophomore and we'd redshirted him and uh, he started uh, spring practice that they, they finished basketball on a Saturday and he was Monday. He was out for spring practice uh, because we—that's when we had it. We had it early in March, and uh, he went on from there. And that's when he was a, a junior, and he just uh, started throwing the ball and had a great feel for it. And and then we kept working at it and working at it and got better at it and he got. Uh, uh, you know, it's just like anything that you do. You, you just the more you do it, the the more you, the better you get. And uh, 
And then we had a series of good coaches. Uh, one of the best we ever had was a guy named Doug Scoville. And he had been a, uh, an assistant at the 49ers when I hired him. And he came in for a couple of years and he, he did a tremendous job. And the only mistake he ever made was that uh, Steve Young was a, a freshman when, uh, when Doug was still a coach. And Doug worked, you know, we had the freshmen at that time could come in two or three days earlier before the varsity reported and you could work with them a little bit. And uh, Doug made the declaration that Steve would never be a quarterback at BYU because he had never thrown a drop back pass prior to coming to BYU. And uh, then fortunately for Steve and all of us, Doug got a job and went somewhere and it was a guy named Ted Tolner that came in and Ted couple year a year or so later and Ted was uh, you know he was instrumental in making uh, putting us having Steve when it became time for Steve's turn to be the quarterback and uh, that he would he would definitely be a good one and so because you know what had happened is that during the off season Steve on his own would go down in the field house get a bag of balls and he had watched Jim McMahon and because uh, Jim had great technique and great feet and feel and set him step and throw and and uh, and so and then Jim or Steve just on his own talked to him a lot and I went back and just worked on the drops himself and literally made himself into into a quarterback that uh, that could run this kind of an offense and uh, biggest thing with him is that he ran so well that. Uh, he had to work on patience. In other words, what happened is that he would get the ball and drop back. And if right away the, the key wasn't there, then he'd pull it down and run it. Well, you got some wide receiver out there that's getting banged on, and, and he works his fanny off to get out and get open, only to turn around and look and see the quarterback running. Well, the whole thing's going to break down. And so the big problem we had with Steve is keeping him to have the patience to stay in the pocket and let things develop. And that basically is, uh, you know, the situation there with uh, with him. And, and uh, I mean, uh, and they're all different. Robbie was, uh, had a great feel for the game. And, uh, and he, uh, you know, he, he, he went on to win the national championship and I think one more games and the, the whole bunch I, I think he was the only one that didn't make All-American but he won more games than any of them and won the national championship. Led by Robbie Bosco at quarterback the pressure of playing for an undefeated season and a national championship fell squarely on coach Edwards yet Lavelle pointed to the 1980 Holiday Bowl as the game he felt the most pressure going into adding another level of intrigue to the Miracle Bowl in San Diego. Well, I was somewhere in the middle of the fourth quarter, and we were behind by 20 points. And it was fourth and seven. I think there was six, seven minutes left in the game, and I sent the punting team in, and Jim saw him come in, and he stood up and waved him back, and he said, get out, you know, go on back. And they turned around and looked at me, and I'd get in, get in there, you know, worrying about the 25-second clock, which at that point in time wouldn't have made a whole lot of difference because we were getting beat anyway, and so... Anyway, we, I called time out, and Jim came over the sideline, and he was very, very uh, excited about the fact that, hey, he made this comment. He said, you coaches have quit. He said, we haven't quit, and, uh, and he was all fired up. And uh, so, okay, Jim, relax, and go in there. And so we give him a play, and he goes in, we go on down to four. We get within 13, it's now five or six minutes, and and we try an onside kick, and they get it. And uh, first play, the guy runs a little quick pitch outside, and then he goes about 50, about 50 yards for a touchdown. And looking back on it, um, it, it, one of the better things that happened to us was the fact that it only took about 10, 15 seconds for him to score or we'd run out of time otherwise 
They kicked off to us, and then we drove on down and scored and got it back within 13. And then uh, we went on down and ultimately got it down to six points. And uh, they had the ball. And uh, there was probably a minute and a half left in the game or something like that. And uh, we called timeout. We'd saved our timeouts. And uh, finally, the first time all night, we stopped them. And they ran three straight plays, and we stopped them, and it was fourth down and about, oh, I don't know, 25, 30 seconds left. And uh, we blocked the punt. And then that's when those three long passes of Jim, and then we scored on the last play. So it was, it was a, a, an unbelievable game and how it all unfolded. And by that time, the crowd, the stadium was half empty. People had gone, started to go home, and, and there were a lot of fans that I'd talked to that had driven down to the game and had to get back that night, and so they were getting beat there, and so somewhere in the middle of fourth quarter, they started emptying out. And then uh, there were some that got a little ways away and listening to it on the radio and turned around and went back and, and, and saw it. The Holiday Bowl would showcase many of the premier moments in BYU football history. Lavelle cemented his legacy with a national championship in 1984. But it wasn't as simple as beating Michigan in San Diego. In fact, Coach Edwards found out about the Cougars' number one status at a practice. We figured that if we obviously won the game, we were going to have an undefeated season, which we hadn't had before, and that we're going to have the highest ranking we'd ever, you know, we'd ever had. And uh, so the, the, the pressure was to, to do that. And then to find out during that afternoon that we were playing Utah that both Navy and, I think it was Navy, and South Carolina were both beaten. And, uh, and then we were, after that, I was, uh, that game was on a Saturday. And I think the following Monday, I was in, had to go to uh, San Francisco to coach the East-West Shrine game. And, uh, yeah, uh, it was like on a Tuesday, and I was out there practicing, and they uh, they came and told me that uh, we had just won the national championship, and so it wasn't like some big announcement or or whatever. You know, the guy interrupted practice and came out and told me, and I was in San Francisco, and and uh, and. You know, all the BYU people were up here, and so it wasn't until I got back from that game that we had a big party for him and whatever. Uh, so it was kind of unique that way. Lavelle had a unique arsenal of quarterbacks to work with on his way to building a national power at BYU. But like his children, he can't exactly pick a favorite. We had about five or six of them right in a row that made All-American, and uh, then we went for few years and then had Ty Detmer the made All-American and won the Heisman and uh, I uh, in my own mind people have always asked me how I'd rate him and I even if I could I never would and uh, at least publicly but even in my own mind I've, uh, I've tried to figure out who if I were to start a team which one would I really want to go with and I'd think about somebody, one of them, and then all of a sudden, boy, I, you know, no, so-and-so is also, you know, pretty good. And uh, so it, it, it was very difficult to, uh, and even, like I said, and even in my own mind, I don't, I, I don't know who would probably just slip a coin and go from there. As much as Lavelle Edwards accomplished as a coach, perhaps his greatest impact happened off the field in the genuine relationships he established with each and every one of his players. You'd see some kid struggling a little bit, and uh, you knew something was bothering him, and I'd call him in and talk to him. And, and uh, it, you know, it wouldn't matter whether he was the uh, first guy on the team or the 75th guy on the team. You know, I pretty much did it with all of them. And, and I think uh, that particular approach, uh, I don't know if it's unique or whatever, but 
it's just something that kind of evolved into uh, the way it worked out more so than a than a master plan that, you know that I had because I didn't really have a master plan other than to figure out how to stay alive and keep employed and uh, but other than the fact that you know I did want to throw the football and do something differently that way and then hire good people and let them go about doing their job. It was always the relationships that mattered most to Coach Edwards. I rarely ever think about games won or lost or championships or whatever, but it's always about people. And and they, you know, and, and the, the kids here, you know, they're great kids, but they're kids that have, they have difficulties and they have problems just like just like they do, every, do everywhere, and it's not a problems. It's not probably a better word than that, but issues that they have to learn to work through and develop. And as we all go through when we're, uh, you know, in school, and and, and uh, so I, I I just thoroughly enjoyed that process and and the players and and uh, and even now there's so many of them over the years that have come up to me and told me that I hadn't thought about or hadn't seen for some time. And the issue was rarely ever about football, but it was about uh, the conversations that we had and, and how that helped them at that particular time. And I think as it's all said and done, that's the thing that I probably feel the best about of anything. This afternoon's Rise and Shout goes to Lavelle and Patty Edwards and the entire Edwards family. It's pretty wild to hear a voice from the dust, right? Yeah. It's pretty emotional. Yeah. Lavelle Edwards will never forget. Mm. Whew. Hard not to feel, uh, yeah. Feel the feels. Mm. All the feels. All the feels. What a great show, and uh, again, we're grateful that we had the opportunity to uh, put that together and, and be a part of it, and thanks to all of our crew and uh, to the guests today. It'll be an emotional weekend for everyone in uh, BYU football. Download the podcast. You can hear Lavelle in his own words again if you missed it, on demand. We'll see you 